here at the Nutter Training Center on the beautiful campus of the University of Kentucky. Welcome to the second episode of the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Today, we have our first ever guest on the podcast. That is the Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning for Olympic Sports, Coach Ryan DeVren, better known as Coach D. Coach D, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on Are you you excited about this? (laughs) It's been a long time. This will be fun. This will be fun. So we're going to make this a conversation. Uh, I think one thing that's unique to both both Coach DeVren and myself is we have been at Kentucky for a long time. So like I mentioned on the previous podcast, I've been here since 2006. Coach D got on board on 2007. So at first, I want to talk – I just want to talk with him about his path – um, we can even start where you got your undergrad. So that was at Central College, correct? Yep. So at Central College, I spent four years there um, with Jake Anderson. Um, you know, I was with him for four years. He came from the University of Iowa. I uh, got the opportunity to work with him, um, a bunch of other interns that moved on from there. Uh, the other thing that I really enjoyed there was just the opportunity to work with the teams um, of, you know, like a women's basketball softball football it was a very unique situation um i still see like central as a a school like at the division three level that is um one of the top tier division three schools for strength conditioning they actually have a major um for strength conditioning now so when i was there it was exercise science Mm -hmm. health promotion so so one thing that is uh, similar between D and I, again, we both got con- to Kentucky around the same time, but we were both Division three athletes. So D was a wrestler uh, at Central College. I played football at Hanover College. Um, and I think that is something that we both pride ourselves on. We didn't come from, uh, you know, giant universities with a ton of resources. We came from Division three schools. We busted our butt in everything that we did, and uh, we're extremely proud to be here at Kentucky. Uh, something that's um, – I don't think most people know, and I, I would guess that even the people that are close to us in our program, like athletic trainers and uh, dietitians, that you applied for in a position within the Olympic sports. It was a paid intern GA spot in 2007. Yep. During that time, um, it was Bridget Hamill uh, applied for that spot as well. She ended up getting it, but you interviewed with Mark Hill, who was the head strength coach for football at the time he liked you so much he had an open position that he offered it to you correct yeah yeah so um it was a very unique situation uh the one thing that was like a scary you know it was like when i got the call from coach tracy and it was like hey you didn't get the job here i thought it was kind of you know weird that i interviewed with mark hill at the time um and when i did it was like you know what am i what am i doing here you know like why (laughs) am i interviewing with him um but then coach tracy called she said hey we gave the position to somebody else and it was like, dang, I was bummed because it, you know, the university was great. I loved the campus. Uh, and then all of a sudden I got a call a week later from Mark Hill and Mark Hill was like, Hey, I want to give you the GA spot here to work with football and baseball, uh, which was like a great opportunity. And that's, what's led me to here now. So, yeah. So I was thinking about that on the car right here, that if you would have got the the spot that we had open that Bridget Hamill would have gotten, you wouldn't be where you are now because you wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with football and eventually be the head strength coach for baseball. That's right. So it's, it was definitely a blessing in disguise. So let's talk through your career at Kentucky. So in 2007, you were hired on a very entry-level position, uh, working with football, assisting with baseball at the time too, correct? Correct, yep. And then it was around, and this is the Rich Brooks era with football, and then Rich Brooks retired in 2010, is that right? 2000, 
2009, I thought. Okay, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, just because when I had left and then came back, it was in 2009. Got oh, so. and that was it. Yes, so you took, for a brief second, you took a private sector position yep. in your hometown. Yeah, so what happened was, is like we were down at the Liberty Bowl uh, playing East Carolina. We mm -hmm. were down, I think, like 17 to nothing at the time. We came back, and then after the game, was the day that I was leaving. I was leaving the next day gotcha. um, to go up to Bourbonnet where the Chicago Bears training camp is at. Um, the person that I worked with there was Joe Kessler, uh, who's now with the Cleveland Indians. Um, I didn't think that it was going to be like it would lead to that, but that's where he is now, which is a really cool opportunity. That is cool. So, um, And then all of a sudden it was like four months later, I got a call from Mark Hill, the same guy that called me like a week later mm -hmm. after Coach Tracy yep. and offered me the full-time job here to work with football and then baseball as well. So how how were you just gone for a few months? Yeah, literally yeah. like I left in January and then May, like the middle oh, of May, really? I got the call from him. So it was three four months that I got to work uh, there. Um, the the biggest thing that I learned there was uh, the functional movement screen, and that's what I tried to yep. bring to our program. Yep, so. absolutely. So you got hired on full time. It was that summer, like May June. And then kind of us keeping on the same uh, time frame of our career moves in 2009 in August, that's when Scott Willis had left. And Scott Willis was uh, Coach Tracy Simmons' uh, assistant. He got a job at Utah. I was still the GA at the time, so I was promoted to assistant. So but you, I got here in 06. You got here in 07. We both were promoted to full-time strength coaches in uh, 2009. And then, you know, that this is the thing with football is that Rich Brooks decides to retire uh, Joker Phillips is the head coach in waiting. Mm -hmm. He wants to bring in his own strength staff. Um, the unique thing for you is that baseball was kind of in that gray area where they were connected to the football staff at first. That's not really what the new strength coach wanted to do. So you had the opportunity to stay on staff at Kentucky, work with baseball, but move over to the Olympic sports side. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the opportunity to move over and work with coach Tracy, um, which it like came back, you know, around full circle. Oh yeah. It's like the lady that called me and was like, Hey, we gave the GA position to somebody else. And that was Bridget, which, um, we're really good friends now to this, you know, at this time, because mm -hmm. I was here when she was here. Um, but then all of a sudden it comes back full circle and it, it was an enjoyment for me to like work with her at the time. Um, it was a struggle too, you know, for me personally, just, you know, being with football and baseball the entire time and yep. then all of a sudden moving to the Olympic side to work with female athletes, which I hadn't really done it, you know, when I, until I was like at central, you know, yeah. back in the day. So let's talk through the teams that you have worked with. So obviously when you first got here was football and baseball, like we mentioned, then when you moved over to the Olympic sports side and got on staff with us, is that when you, you got cheer? I remember that it was baseball and uh, cheer. Yep. And then I assisted with swimming and diving okay. uh, with coach Tracy. Um, I assisted you with men's So soccer, it was a full plate, you know, mm -hmm. going from two sports to having, you know, three or four yep. and then assisting. It was a lot, you know, it was a big transition for yep. myself. And then when Tim Garrison was hired on as our head coach for our gymnastics program, what year was that? That was in 2013, I believe. Okay. And Maybe that, sooner. I think it was sooner yep. because that's 13 is when Steph left to get, move into administration. But I remember, I want to say I remember her. It was her, a years prior to that. Yeah, so it was I think, 2011, I think. That, I think right. that's what that sounds about. Yeah. So in 2011, you went from, you had baseball, you might have still had cheer at the time, and then gymnastics. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Sound about right. Yep. And then in 2013, us sticking on the same page, that's when Stephanie Tracy Simmons decides to move into administration. That's when we get our promotions into the, the spots that we currently are in. And now you are in charge of 
the softball, gymnastics, and baseball program. Yep. Yep. Um, before we get into you know what their training program looks like, you and I have both been at Kentucky for a long time. I just want to get your thoughts, and I'm interested to hear because we haven't really talked about this, but what makes Kentucky special to you, and why have you decided to stay here for so long? Well, I think since day one that I stepped on campus, um, it starts from the top down. So Mitch Barnhart being our athletic director, uh, one thing that I noticed right away is that everybody that comes in here as a new coach or a new staff member um, he makes you feel at home and feel like you're a part of the family already from day one. Um, you don't get that at a lot of places. You don't have an athletic director that is supportive towards every single sport across the board. Um, the one thing that I love about the place, you know, on that family atmosphere piece is like everybody pulls for each other here. So all the coaches are pulling for each other. All of the student athletes are pulling for each other. And I think that comes back to our summer program um, oh, yeah. that we run with our student athletes. So they all get to work out together and they're all pulling for each other through their competitive seasons. Um, another thing that, you know, I see as an importance here and why Kentucky special to me is you're challenged every single day. So um, we are wanting to be elite in everything that we do. So we ask our student athletes to uh, follow our goal of the, one, the elite one, three, five, um, and we can talk about that here in just a little bit if you wanted to. Um, but we are trying to develop our student athletes physically and mentally to like literally win a conference and national championship. Um, and I think that's special. That's um, not across the board. I think everybody's vision isn't the same when it comes to that. Um, but again, it comes from the top down and I appreciate everything that Mitch has done for our program, for myself and my family. Um, and that's what makes this place special. Good. So one thing that comes to mind, and this kind of goes back to us, you know, as a performance staff, us being on the same page, you know, I think Monica dubbed this a few years ago, and Monica is our head sports dietitian here at Kentucky. Uh, and it was just the simple phrasing of we are one UK. We're not just men's basketball. We're not just football. We're just not uh, softball. We are one university, one athletic department. And just like Coach D said, we are all pulling for each other. Uh, kind of taking a step back, the Elite One Three Five goal. Those of you that do not know what that is, and most of the people that are associated with the University of Kentucky Athletic Department know what our department goal is. And uh, the acronym, or however you want to, whatever it is, is Elite One Three Five. You know, as Kentucky, as an athletic department, we have been good, we have been great, and our next step is we want to become elite, and we're definitely on the way there. And the one three five one is coming from, and these this is coming from our athletic director. One is he wants all of our sports teams to win at least one conference or national championship. The three comes back to academics. That's all of our sports teams maintaining a 3.0 GPA. And then the five is we want to be a top five athletic department in the Director's Cup and trying to get this all accomplished before the year 2022. It is something that us as a strength staff, D and I talk about all the time. And then we're always, always harping on this uh, goal with our athletes as well. You know, pushing through adversity, battling through hard times to make sure that we are, um, that we are always striving to become elite. Um, Anything else, D, um, why no, you decided to stay at Kentucky? The, the other thing um, is the people that Mitch brings in, and our, it, it follows with our staff as well. The people that we bring in comes back to our core values of we're looking for people with um, high character, higher integrity, uh, good stewards of what they're given, um, knowledge of the area that they're in, 
um, and then competitive people. So if people from the outside were to look at our staff or Mitch, they're going to see the most competitive, high character, high integrity people that are that are you know happy for the give, the things that they're given here at the University of Kentucky with the knowledge of you know what they're le- learning every day in their area. So. I would say that's probably one of the biggest differences we see when we're talking to other strength coaches at other universities. When we ask them, like, what is your department's vision? What is your department's goals? What are your core values? Most of the time, the people that we're talking with can't answer those questions. They might have their own personal core values or their own personal vision, but when it comes from an overarching thought that's coming from their athletic director, I feel like we are very blessed to have that sort of vision from Mitch. Uh, but would you agree with that, that yeah. most, most other strength coaches in other departments don't, yep. don't really have that? Exactly. Cool. Let's move on to your team. So like I mentioned before, Coach D is in charge of the gymnastics, softball, and baseball teams here at Kentucky. First thing I want to ask you is something that is unique because it's different than my situation because in, I have volleyball and women's basketball. In the fall, volleyball's in season. Women's basketball is pretty much out of season or in during their non-conference play. But gymnastics, softball, and baseball right now, oh, oh, they are all in season. Yeah, so your fall, you see them a ton in the weight room. And now in the spring, you see them a ton at their competitions. Mm-hmm. Which do you prefer, prefer more? Yeah, let's say which would you prefer more, the off-season in the fall or the in-season in the spring? Well, previously up to this year, um, we used to have you know softball and gymnastics in the morning and then baseball in the afternoon. Well, Coach Minge, he switched that this this past fall to now baseball's practicing in the morning. So literally when I start out, it's like softball at six, gymnastics at seven, and then right to baseball practice. So yeah. like I'm going and then lift right after baseball practice. So like when it comes to it, I'm getting here at five and then all of a sudden you're done at one o'clock and yep. you're like, okay, what just happened in the last <laughs> six or seven hours, you know? Um, so like if to answer that now, like the fall is great because like I do have a little bit of free time in the afternoon yep. with all three teams you know, going on in season right now in the spring, it's a lot because you're trying to pull for all three of those teams. Like primarily I'm with baseball, Mm -hmm. um, to say that I'm given the same kind of, you know, effort and attention to my other two teams. I do to the best of my ability. Oh yeah. Um, but when you're traveling with baseball all the time, it's hard. It's real hard. You can't be at two places at one time. That's right. That's right. And sometimes you feel bad about it, but you, you have to communicate that with the other two teams as well. Um, I feel like I do a really good job with that. Even through group me of sending messages when they're on the road or anything like that. Yeah. I think you do a really good job at that. I don't know if you did it a year ago or two years ago, but it was every day or every week that you sent like a message or an yeah. inspirational yep. something to softball. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Yep. And I was getting to the point. I was like, man, is this like overkill or yeah. am I doing too much? But now I'm, I'm trying to send it. Like if softball is playing on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I send them a message on uh, Friday morning before the series starts. And then that's it for the series. So they just have one vision to think about throughout the entire weekend instead of like a different vision each and each day that's a good thought so it's really good thought so let's talk about your in-season program let's just talk just talk through general general concept with me so gymnastics they're coming up on the end of their their season correct pretty soon two weeks left and then all of a sudden we're we're going into secs okay um and then they have two weeks off and then national or regionals after that and then nationals so right now gymnastics is in with us in with you once, uh, once one day yeah, a week pretty yeah, much that's usually on mondays yep. and then if they do come in on thursday it's like a mobility day 
Um, we've done that, I think, once this semester. So I'm trying to, you know, put everything into one day. So we're going to yeah. get our Olympic lift in. We're going to get our, you know, our lower body core exercise in and then our upper body core exercise with, you know, some accessory work. Yep. And they go right to practice. Yep. So I literally have 35 minutes before they go on to practice. Yep. So, I mean, they're one of our, even though their time with us is limited, it, they're one of our strongest groups that we have here at Kentucky. Um, let's kind of talk about, because I think it'd be interesting for people to hear Tim Garrison. Before Tim Garrison got here, our gymnastics team did not work out in the weight room at all oh, with the strength yeah. coach. Uh, when Tim Garrison got here, that all changed. You are his first and only strength coach That's that right. he had. And when they first got on board, not the most dedicated to the weight room. Uh, they were so out of shape that they couldn't do some of the workouts that some of the other teams were doing during the summer. Um, but now they're kicking butt. Yeah. They, when we have summer competitions and, and if you guys have any questions about what we do over the summer, we'll have another podcast that goes into that, or you can shoot us an email that I'll tell you at the end of this episode, but now they're kicking butt. Mm -hmm. You got Molly Korth, you know, um, who else? Yeah. Sydney did great. That's right. Yeah. Dukes did awesome. We've got a bunch of, uh, new members to the team this year. Um, a lot of freshmen, you know, Tim's done a really good job of, of putting those new freshmen in. Uh, you know, every week that we go into a meet, the, the lineups are never the same when it comes to all four events. Mm -hmm. So, um, going back to like their hard work, uh, you know, from where we started when we were doing just body weight exercises and they were kind of like the laughing stock in the weight room, yep. they really were at the time. Um, now it's like, they are the premier team that everybody is looking at of like, okay, this is how you work. But that starts from again, the top down, like with Tim, mm -hmm. um, and the culture that he set and me following that culture that he's trying to set for this team. Um, and his biggest thing is like, we're going to be blue collar and we're not going to cut corners. Um, when you walk into their gymnastics room, literally when you look over to the right, it says we don't cut corners. And it's literally a, a mural that cuts into the, the wall um, that says we don't cut corners. Yep. So I think one of the best things that Tim has done, and it was not this past year, but two years ago, him and Rachel would come in and work out with you. Yeah. I think that just helps buy so that creates so much buy-in from our sport coaches when they come into the weight room, do a lot of the same stuff that we're asking our student athletes to do. They feel how tired they are. They understand the the work that the student athletes are putting in. They they go through the same sort of soreness when they get back into a, a strength and conditioning program. Mm -hmm. And I think ever since Tim has done that, it's just it's just increased the buy in tenfold. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you're speaking on. Cool. So. so we got softball next. Softball obviously into their season. They're kicking butt. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, the best record in school history so far to yep. start out. And they scored 22 runs. That's right. That was another record that they set. And so. then Bailey Vick was named national player of the year, co-national player of the year. Yes. Is that right? Yep. I saw uh, the player of the week. Player of the week. Yeah, player yeah, of the week. Player of the week. Not yeah. player of the year. I'm yeah. sorry. Player of the week. She yep. did a uh, TikTok video with the girl from That's Oregon. Right. That was entertaining. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk about their program. So if they're not traveling, they're with you twice a, twice a week. Is that right? So... Right now, we're still doing the same as gymnastics. It's a once a week. Um, they're doing like a flush workout on the field. Mm -hmm. So this week, they'll have either a flush or they're going to do a yoga session. Um, we flip-flop that uh, with the girls. But, you know, with their lift, again, we're doing our Olympic lift and then our upper body and lower body core exercises with some accessory movements. Cool. So Baseball, um, 
let's just talk in general terms, and then I want to get into the routine that your pitchers go through. Okay. So baseball, how many times are they lifting positional guys during the week? So we're going Monday and Thursday, so it's twice a week with those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, with our starters, they're going three days a week. Our relievers are going twice a week. The relievers, they're kind of all over the board on when they're lifting. It just depends on their pitch count um, of when they're when they're coming in to lift, you know, one guy might be on a Friday, one guy might be on a Saturday, one my guy might be on a Tuesday. Gotcha. So. so let's talk about the rotation for the pitchers. And this is something I know that you have uh, very thoroughly thought through, worked with our pitching coaches here at Kentucky, but talk me through like the seven day rotation. Like what, what does uh, it look like on the mound for those, those players? And then what it looks like in the weight room with you and Q. Okay. So, in my time here, you know, since 2007, I've went through three different pitching coaches. Oh, really? Um, which is, you know, oh, a yeah, challenge because, you know, their seven-day rotation changes. Yeah. Um, so that's been a challenge to me. But with Coach Roselle, he's done a really good job of communicating with me at a high level um, on when the guys need to be into the weight room. Uh, so based off of that, I'm just going to go from, like, game day to throughout the week with these guys. So yep. on day one – um, day one is their live day. So what coach Roselle is looking for, like on their live day, when we're pitching against another team is you're going to compete at the highest level. You do not think about mechanics during that time. Um, and that's one th thing that we preach. Our guys will walk over and be like, Oh, what, what do I look like? What do I look like? It's like, no, that's not what it matters. Like just compete today. Um, after they're done throwing on that day, they'll do their post throw routine. They'll go through their J bands. They'll do through, uh, they'll go through core work. Um, and then we finish with the assault bike. They'll go 20 seconds on 20 seconds off, uh, on their own. They just go through that for their post stuff. Um, that's kind of been through the schedule throughout the entire fall and they've just stayed with it. Uh, day two, the day after they pitch, um, live is day one lift. Uh, day one lift for me is like a functional metabolic circuit that I take the guys through that lasts for like 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, those are full body exercises. You know, we're going through every part of the body. Uh, for the guys to flush that body as much as we can after they're done with that they'll go into either a stadium run um, which is at our field or they'll go bike um, and our stadium run is i think right around two miles um, this is on bike. day two this is well, on day two gotcha yeah um, and then they have the choice of doing like a light throw and then core work that okay. day as well on day three uh, that's day two lift uh, for the starters that's a high intensity day um when they're done with the lift, like we're going a heavy lower body day on that day for our day two uh, lift. And then once they're done with their lift, they'll go right into their interval run. So on their interval run, they're looking at 10 seconds, they'll do a sprint. 10 seconds, they'll do a jog. 10 seconds, they'll do a walk. Gotcha. And then we go all the way up to 50 seconds and then back down to 10. So it's uh, a big so run. 20, day. 30, 40. Gotcha, That's gotcha, right. gotcha. Each category of a sprint, jog, walk. Um, that's a no throw day. And then they have core work after day four, uh, is a no lift day. That's a long toss day. Um, what they're working on that day is like their flat grounds. They're working on spins for curveballs, uh, change ups, working on fastball grips. Um, and then we'll have yoga that day as well. Uh, as you know, um, it's very unique with our yoga. We don't have like the yoga instructor that comes in, mm -hmm. but yoga Kate, she put together a video for, um, all of our athletes shout out to yoga. Kate, that's right. Kate Kaiser. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that's day four. And then on day five is bullpen day. Um, that is one of the days that we're going to long toss before work on spins. And then they get on the mound with coach Roselle. 
uh, off of that, they're just working on their mechanics during the week. So it's a mimic for, you know, them starting on Friday. Yeah. Uh, after they're done with that, they either get with myself or coach Q to do their, uh, conditioning. And that's usually consists of their sprint work. So they do five tens, five twenties, five thirties. Um, and then they'll go through their post throw routine with their J band and core work. Um, day six is their day three lift. So that's two days prior to their, uh, start day. That's mm-hmm. a, their moderate, um, intensity day with their lift. So we're working all areas there. We're going lower body, upper body with a moderate intensity. Um, Day six is the day before we start, and that pretty much is – I'm sorry. Day six is two days out. Day five – or, yeah, day five was like three days out. So yeah, day yeah, yeah. six is two days out. Um, day seven, we're on. So that would be partner stretch or yoga for the guys, the yoga video. Um, and then on that day, they don't throw. They just work on a mental game. So their mental game prep for that is they're going through two innings of work of just mentally standing on the mound – no baseball at all. And all of a sudden they break down like, you know, Hey, I'm going to go through two innings. Am I going to strike out a guy? And when I walk guys and I'm an umpire going to call a bad pitch and they're mimicking themselves going through the first two innings of a game. Gotcha. So, so day seven is really just stretch and mental game. That's yeah, it. That's it. And then that next day, that's their live day. That's right. And they just stay on that rotation. The entire but year. How, and it might, I think this will come down to the maturity of the players that you're working with, but how, difficult is it to manage how, how many how many pitchers do we have i don't even Close know to 20 I think. holy smokes yeah, so, so you're managing that with 20 yeah players you got you got three weekend starters two midweek guys so you got five yeah, seven yep. day rotation guys gotcha um and off of those days say that you have your starter go on friday well he, say that he goes three or four innings on a friday then you have a reliever come in and he throws say 30 to 35 pitches he's lifting the next day and that kind of like is getting him ready to throw again on Sunday. So he's gotcha. not going to throw the next day if he's over 30, 35 pitches. Gotcha. So there's a lot going on. Heck yeah, there is. <laughs> Heck yeah. I think that's a unique part about baseball is that pitching aspect. That's even, like, even as much as softball and baseball are very similar as sports softball. You're not doing that with softball, At correct? All. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh-uh. They got to be able to, re- they have to be ready to pitch the next day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I know that was a lot for everybody, and what I'm very impressed with is D has a few notes in front of him that you guys can't see, obviously, because this is a podcast, but like he's able to you know, list all that stuff off. If you have any questions about this or comments, or if you think that we need to dive a little bit more deeper into the seven-day rotation for the pitchers here at Kentucky, email us at ukstrength.uky.edu, and I'll remind you of that before we end this podcast. All right, next I want to talk about um, one thing I feel like us as a staff, we do an incredible job of is just making sure that we're growing in our knowledge in the field of strength and conditioning. And it might be something that is specific to our profession or it might come back to us becoming better leaders and better people. Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? What's something that I might not know that you're reading or listening to uh, that that you're working on yourself in that way? So a goal – a couple goals that I've set for myself is I'm trying to read a book a month um, that started in January and I'm just going to go all the way until the month of June. Um, so the last book that I read was 59 Lessons by Dr. Fergus Conley. Uh, the one I'm reading right now is The Game Changer by Dr. Fergus Conley. I didn't know how I was going to go back to back with the author, but mm. um, uh, I've I enjoyed the 59 Lessons. It's been a slow read with The Game Changer. Yeah, you said the 59 Lessons was a was, good read, yeah, right? It was a really yeah. good read. Um, I recommend it 
to a lot of people, uh, the game changer, it starts out the first like 150 pages are very slow to start, but they said that it gets better. So gotcha. I'm hoping that it gets better. Did you say the first 150 pages yeah, or so? Yeah, the first 150 pages. It's like 400 pages. So. I would have put it down. I would have put it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, you know, and I brought this up to the staff is when I travel on the road with baseball is I'm trying to meet with all the Olympic staffs and those baseball strength coaches uh, to learn from them as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I think that's been a big thing for me, uh, for my own growth is like, hey, what am I doing that's good? What am I doing that's wrong i don't think anything's wrong but yeah. it's like how can i grow as a strength coach? become better That's in a right. certain area yeah um also it's i think the podcasts are uh important to me like i listen to the strength coach podcast uh one thing that i try to do to learn from is our former interns like if there's any podcasts that come out with our former interns um i try to listen to them mm -hmm. um just to stay up on you know their knowledge and how they're growing uh, and just making calls to them as well on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So. I think that's one thing you do a great job of is where I'm more of an introvert. Um, and I have to really force myself and make a note being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to this school. I got to reach out to so-and-so that become, that's a lot more natural for you. Yeah. I think you do a great job of building relationships with other people and other strength coaches and learning as much as you can. And then one thing I think D does a great job as well is he brings it back to the staff. So if he feels like there's something important that he learned at, um, another school, our next staff meeting, we're talking about those things and seeing how we can grow in that area. D, anything else you want to touch on? We're hit right at the 30 minute mark. Yeah. Um, the one question I have for you. Oh no, I didn't, I didn't prep for is, this is for, with a podcast. Yeah. Like what is something that you listen to like on a weekly basis that is not strength conditioning related? That I listen to on a weekly basis. That's not strength and conditioning. I have a, a, I have a lot and sometimes it's rotating. So one thing that I got from you is, uh, the love for the outdoors. Mm -hmm. D's a big hunter. Um, you've been hunting your whole life pretty much. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I have not, I didn't grow up around bows or guns or wildlife, but, um, the past, I would say three years, you and then my brother-in-law, Jonathan McKinney, big hunters, big outdoorsmen. So I really enjoy learning as much as I can about, you know, whitetail deer hunting, um, different equipment that's out there, different, uh, strategies when it comes to hunting and fishing and just being outdoors. Mm -hmm. So the mediator podcast, and there's a bunch of them. I, I haven't listened to the one that's hosted by Steve Ronella in a while because he talks so much. So <laughs> one of the goals that I have for this podcast is we're going to be around that 30 to 45 minute mark. Yeah where uh you know the the main meteor podcast is you know sometimes two and a half hours long and it takes me forever to get through it but i really like the cows we can review mm -hmm. I don't, we, I, you I listen to the same thing yep yeah. Yeah. so i'll listen to that uh every monday morning after he puts that out on sunday and that's 15 minutes 15 minutes uh where i'm learning a lot um what else you know, one thing I've started listening to, and I got this from Jordan, and this is more pop culture, but it's the Dax Shepard experts on experts, the armchair experts. Strobus knows what this one is, but he's got a lot of interesting people on there. And I, Ashton Kutcher was the last one that I listened to, but he's had Michael Gervais, who's a sports psychologist and um, kind of a mindset coach uh, that I really enjoyed. So he's got a lot of different people on there. 
that uh, I feel like I've learned a lot and it's entertaining on top of it. Okay. One thing I do have hopes for this podcast, because I listen to a ton and you yeah. know that, oh, yeah. but there's quite a few out there that I can't listen into in the car when the boys are back there. So mm-hmm. really hard to listen to Joe Rogan when he's <laughs> dropping F-bombs. So my goal for this, and it's going to be tough for me, yeah. is not to curse. That's it. Every podcast we have, I might say, uh, holy cannoli or holy shnikes, but... No, no f bombs, no cursing. That's gonna try to be my goal for this podcast. Well, we'll see if I can. Let's see how many episodes I can get into it before I say a bad word. Well, I appreciate the insight. Uh, <laughs> like w- just with the podcast, yep. you know, like um, you know, Cal's Week in Review is really good. I, you know, I listened to Wired to Hunt with yeah, Mark Yeah, yep. Um, have you read his book? To him, I have not. I'd like to. Um, but big shout out to him. I know that they they bought their new land. You know, for him, I, I listened to a lot of that just because you know a couple of years back we got yep. fifty three acres with my parents um, that we're doing a lot of work with right now. A big thing in the off season for us is you know we're we're trying to put in um, some more food plots, uh, some more you know stands on trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad he's getting he's getting kind of weird with the trailer deal, but oh, really? he's, he's buying a <laughs> bunch of running gears and um, oh yeah, you told me that to put stands on top, but. We'll see if they actually get up the hill. So is baseball season's crazy busy for you. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to get out to your farm and do any work? The only the only thing that I've been able to do, like in my free time, um, it's not very often. Yeah, I've went out a couple times to shed hunt. Um, mm. Find I didn't, anything? I didn't find anything, but I did find like last year's sheds. I found four. Really? Um, which you don't hear of very often because the squirrels usually get to them. But I did find four. Um, I had no idea what I was walking through, but it was very, very thick. I had a lot of stickers on me. Oh yeah. Um, but that's something I've enjoyed in the last yeah. you know, couple months. That's so. one thing I really, I haven't done it this year, but last year after hunting season was over, the weather started getting nicer, just going out to the public land property where I hunt and just walking around and enjoying nature. That's it. But it always turns out that as I'm just walking around, not trying to be quiet at all, that's when I stumble across 12 deer. But when it's hunting season, I'm trying <laughs> to be as gone. quiet as possible. I'm in a tree and all camouflage and yeah. have my scent control on. I, I see nothing for three months straight. That's right. So, yeah, Same that's how it works. <laughs> well, let's call it there. Uh, D, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Like I mentioned before, if you guys heard anything that you want some clarification or if you have any questions or have any comments for us, reach out to, reach out to us on our email address, which is ukstrength at uky.edu. And you can also follow our staff and our strength and conditioning department on Instagram and Twitter. What our handles are, I, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's like UK Ole Strengths. Yep. Any underscores? Okay, here we go. UK underscore Oli underscore strength. And that's for Instagram and the Twitter. We're off the Facebook. We decided to delete our Facebook account because nobody uses it. So And we're old people. We uh, yeah, we're hip now. We got Instagram. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next time.